0: Chapter 42 The snow fell considerably the next few weeks upon the Pearl Mountain Valley, which lies a month's journey north of Charcoal Ridge, the white stuff piled on the streets and on the housetops. As if on cue, members of the lower class went right to work in the dark mornings to clear paths for horses, carts, and chariots. The people swathed in furs were already about making their purchases and sending caravans out to nearby cities with wealth and produce. Among the haughty and busy folk, there were two figures that waded their way through the crowds. One figure stood a head taller than the other, but let the smaller figure guide through the bustle of people. The taller figure quickened its pace and walked hastily next to her companion. Are we near the place? Clouds of warm breath billowed in the cold air. Patience, lady, just a few more turns. The smaller one, also female, answered, and then added with light amusement, Anxious to be free of the cold wind? "'You've got that right,' the taller one replied, with a small grin. "'Don't fret, lady. We are at the place,' the other said, resting a gloved hand on a bronze handle of a large wooden door. She pushed down upon the handle and the door swung inward. A warm rush of air brushed their rosy cheeks as they stepped in. The room was filled with the scent of roasted meats and cinnamon. The room was dimly lit with a few low lanterns and candles.' There were round tables filling the room, some already occupied by others. They were murmuring to their companions in low tones. The shorter figure went and found a table off in another vacancy separated from the main room. The figure sat, without removing the long hood that hung over her face. She was quickly joined by the taller figure. The main steward caught her eye as she held up two fingers. The thickly built man soon came over with two steaming mugs in each meaty hand. "'Do you drink?' the taller figure asked lightly. I should have asked for your preferences before sitting. The smaller one smiled beneath her hood and drank in the beverage until she felt it pass through her body. It's times like this that I turn to drinking. The voice was childlike but with a hard edge to it, a child growing up too quickly. The taller one gave a sigh as she pulled back her hood to reveal her kind face. Her pointy ears poked through the sea of brown hair. She kept her cloak fastened tight, but as she moved her arms to remove her mittens, the young figure could notice that the woman was wearing forest green skirt velvet and a simple piece of armor on top of a simple, long-sleeved shirt made of thick cotton. A leather strap was strung across her chest, securing a container of arrows and her bow to her back. Come, Princess Dury, is there any need to conceal your face? Lady Ladala? I can't risk being recognized, the girl answered, shrinking. I know how dangerous it was to escape from your chambers, but you are safe with me. Lady Ladala nodded with an assuring smile. Let's move to another place, then, the girl said, motioning to the dark corner diagonal from their spot. It was a round table with a dull candle with a thin curtain pulled to the side. Once they sat down with their drinks, Ladala yanked the curtain's close and darkened their little meeting area. The girl nodded and pulled off her hood and unpinned the clasp at her throat. The girl looked like she barely entered her teenage years. Her skin was fashionably pale, and she had bright, watery, pale blue eyes. Her hair was powdered pale blue to match her eyes and was twisted in ornate buns that hung at the nape of her neck. Two tufts of hair were expertly curled to frame her heart-shaped face. She was donned in a misty blue traveling dress with a silvery, stiff belt that was kept around her waist, and it was shaped like a crown. My governess will be furious when she realizes I've escaped. Dury said in distress. You still have a governess, your majesty? She was once my nanny, but now serves as my bodyguard. She's a woman I trust more than my own blood. Then let me get to my point quickly, and we can end this conversation as soon as we must. Dury, I've come to speak with you about your brother. We must do whatever we can so he is not corrupted by... Do not say his name! The girl hissed, holding her hands up it's poison to my ears forgive me ladala said bowing her head slightly in respect but you know of whom i speak of course i only mean to warn you that you must not let him control your brother any more ladala murmured your brother is the king and his undoing will lead to the undoing of your realm what will neighboring kingdoms do in retaliation "'I sought you out for help, if I must remind you,' Dury hissed as she whispered. "'Seth will refuse me. I'm his fourteen-year-old sister. He won't listen to a word I say. "'If he ever cared to hear my opinion, he would ask me where I heard such things, "'and that man will dismiss them all. I can't move in my own castle. I'm weaponless. "'What can I do that won't hurt me or my people?' "'The pointy-eared woman leaned over the table, closer to the girl.' WE NEED TO WORK TOGETHER TO TAKE OUT THE ILDARIMS. I LIKE THE SOUND OF THAT, BUT IT SOUNDS MESSY. IT SOUNDS RISKY. IF YOU HELP US FIND A WAY INTO THE CASTLE, I CAN SEND HELP. WE CAN MAKE IT LOOK LIKE YOU HAD NO KNOWLEDGE OF THE MATTER, BUT WE STILL NEED YOUR RESOURCES AND SUPPORT," LADALA SAID. I'LL ensure YOU ARE SAFE. Duri SQUIRMED UNCOMFORTABLY ON HER BENCH. SHE PUT HER HANDS AROUND HER CUP AND STARED INTO THE LIQUID. If your plan is to use that ice-chanted girl to help me, it's too late, the princess whispered. She's already on their side. How do you know about Ilsie? Ladala's question betrayed no emotion. We try to intercept incoming post whenever possible, the princess explained. Otherwise, we know nothing about what's going on. We're left in the dark about our own affairs. That must be incredibly frustrating. Ladala answered, putting a hand on Dury's. We'll find other ways to deliver messages back and forth for your convenience, Your Majesty. Please do, Dury replied. She thought quietly for a moment, then asked, Why are you so nice to me? You owe me absolutely nothing. Our world is far from perfect, Ladalla explained. But I believe independent kingdoms and realms are more balanced than one cruel army ruling everyone. So what's our next move? Duri asked, smiling for the first time since they met. Ladala leaned over the table and began to explain. Duri's eyes widened as they continued to converse and exchange ideas. After much conversation, Duri nodded. Yes, I will follow through, she said. Then she raised her cup, and as the two toasted to their plans, Duri said... You can trust me, Lady Ladala.